Welcome in to The Bruce Hooley Show. I'm Jack Windsor, Editor-in-Chief of the Ohio Press Network. Of course, I'm filling in for Bruce. It's Monday, December 4th, 2023. And as always, the phone lines are open. If you want to talk about any news or sports from the weekend, give me a holler. 844-825-5989. That's 844-TALK-989. I woke up this morning, picked up my phone to look at my email, and actually hit Facebook first. And uh, right there at the top of my news feed was the news that Kyle McCord had gone into the transfer portal. Now, my first thought was, I wonder if Ryan Day is going to as well. (laughs) I know that that makes some of you very angry. Uh, Ryan Day is not a bad guy. He just looks like John Cooper 2.0 to some Ohio State fans. Anyway, uh, the first-year starter with one year of eligibility uh, will not, it appears, uh, play in the December 20th Cotton Bowl when the Buckeyes take on Missouri. The Tigers are 10-2, and and their coach received a lot of high praise this year for his performance there. And uh, the bowl might be a snooze for some diehard Buckeye fans who want conference championships to beat that team up north, a playoff berth. Well, if it were 2024, if it were next year, then Ohio State would be in the playoffs. Uh, They sit seventh right now in the final poll, and the playoffs next year will expand to 12 teams. But today, only the top four make the playoff, and that will be the team up north, Washington, Texas, and Alabama. So when I first saw that McCord was leaving – Truly, my first response, my gut response was, well, that kind of makes sense. Ryan Day was noncommittal in comments he made recently about him, saying, yeah, we we saw some growth, but we now have a year of evidence, and we'll take a look at what we need to do going forward. And uh, we know, going forward, by the way, that five-star recruit Air Noland will leave high school in Georgia, and he'll be on campus in January. Add to that fact that the backup, Devin Brown, uh, who seemed as able as McCord, is now healthy after that injury against Purdue. And uh, my guess is Brown will likely be the guy in the Cotton Bowl, and then he'll be backed up by uh, Lincoln Kineholes, who's uh, a rock star from his home state. I think he holds every major record there. Uh, But there are also rumors, and they're just that, that uh, relative of former NFL greats, Archie Manning, and his sons, Eli and Peyton Manning. He would be their nephew, Arch Manning, maybe looking at Ohio State as Quinn Ewers considers staying in Texas for another season. So it will be interesting to see how this all plays out. Uh, and so, you know, I like talking football, but I don't, I don't know anyone that likes talking football more than uh, the guy here on the other side of the glass, uh, Jeff, what do you what do you think, man? Who do you think starts for Ohio State in the bowl game, and who do you think is in pole position to be quarterback in Columbus next season? Well, I, I mean, I guess it's got to be Devin Brown. I mean, it, it's got to be Devin Brown. I think they'll give him that game, see what he looks like, because he got the two games sort of at the beginning of the year to compete with McCord. So I guess they're going to give him a full game against – I mean, pretty good competition to to see what he's capable of. This is a failure all the way around for Ryan Day, isn't it? I mean, this is McCord's the guy that he picked over 
J.J. McCarthy. McCord's the guy that he chose to start early in the season and stuck with him. And Day's supposed to be the quarterback whisperer. But I don't I don't know about you. I didn't see Kyle McCord improve much over the season. Is this a failure for Ryan Day? Well, I, there's a failure somewhere, and I think it kind of goes back to Quinn Ewers because Quinn Ewers was supposed to be the guy, and we've seen what he did at Texas. And, you know, Quinn Ewers leaves here. After making stuck, a million. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're stuck with McCord and Brown and – yeah, they were they those were days guys, but I don't know that he expected them to to be the starters this year. Um but he he picked McCord over Brown, whether that was right or wrong, I don't know, but now McCord's out and Brown's still here. Do you think that Day's on the hot seat still? I mean, honestly, I don't think this bowl game matters. I don't think they're going to have all their key players. It's it's going to be a snooze fest, honestly. It's going to be one of those yeah, I'll, I'll turn it on. But, you know, who are we watching and, and you know, <laughs> do, you, do you think that he could be gone by the end of the season? No, I, I don't think so. I mean, yeah, his winning record is tremendous, but he's lost. I mean, he has lost to seven games and was his five years now. Mm-hmm. Three to Michigan, three in a row to Michigan, you know, losing to Georgia, Clemson, Alabama. Uh, it's not good, but at the same time – you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what the better option is. Yeah, I, I don't know either. Do you, do you bring um, their wide receiver coach in as the as the head coach, uh, Brian Hartline? He's a heck of a recruiter, and he trains up wide receivers better than anyone I've seen. But I don't know if he's head coach material. Um, let's talk about the Brownies. They buckle under late pressure, lose 36-19. to Now, that score doesn't really reflect how close the game was, does it? No, I mean it was twenty. It should have been twenty to twenty there, and late in the fourth or the start of the fourth, anyway, it should have been twenty twenty. Miss extra point, and then you get a pick, and it just kind of fell apart at the end. But it was the same kind of deal. Why? What are you throwing? Why are you throwing forty five times with a guy who has been on the couch for a year and <laughs> two weeks in your offense? <laughs> yeah, he's been there for two weeks. One was on the practice squad, and the strength of your team has been the running game. And, you know, yeah, you didn't really get going, but guess what? It was 20 to 19. Yeah. Yeah. 20 to 19. And I, I felt like Flacco played his rear end off. And I I don't know. Well, first of all, your, your key defensive end, talking about the Browns, he's struggling right now. He's not completely healthy. Your, your defensive backfield, you don't have your rock star back there in pass coverage. Uh was the Browns' defense a result of injuries, or are coaches seeing because th- they were getting gashed? It wasn't. The, I mean, runs, passes—they were just getting gashed all day long. What is? What's going on? Well, I think. I mean, the pass rush is obviously worse with Garrett hurt, and the secondary is not as good without Ward, and they're kind of banged up. But I think, and I've said this all the whole year. The way to beat the Browns' defense is to just throw it before they can sack you. Yep. In the last two weeks, it's been Russell Wilson and Matt Stafford, two veteran quarterbacks who understand that. So they get it, they look, they throw. Yep. And they they, they don't want to get hit by Garrett. So, you know, they get it, they throw. Yep. And if the Browns aren't getting sacks, the defense is going to struggle. Yeah, I was surprised. Uh, I don't know if it was as much they were getting pushed off the line. There were some nice cutback runs, which sometimes 
you know, as a former running back, it's like, okay, the defense is being aggressive. So you start one way and get that defensive line and maybe linebackers to over pursue. And then you cut back against the grain. And, you know, if you get get a gap there, you can have a big gainer. And I saw several of those and maybe it was, they were using the Browns aggressive defensive style against them, but it was ugly, man. I, I, at one point I just thought, man, can they, can they have two or three solid possessions in a row, maybe force a turnover. And what was shocking to me is that when the game was on the line, this generational defense was awful. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Uh, so wh- who do they have this week? I, I didn't even want to look. Um, maybe I wish they had a bye. Oh, it's, the, it's the Jaguars this week. Oh, that's right. Yep. As we call them, Sunshine, Trevor Lawrence, if you've ever seen the movie Remember the Titans. Ronnie Bass, the guy with the long hair they call Sunshine. That's, that's what my wife calls Trevor Lawrence. So uh, they're going to have their hands full again. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is no slouch, and if he understands that he can get rid of the ball fast, he's mobile too, and that might create some more problems. Well, yeah, especially if Garrett's not healthy, uh, mobile quarterback. I mean, we've seen how they have problems with Lamar Jackson. He's just not as fast as Lamar, but a similar type of player. And yeah. and the running back, ETN, is very good too. So they're, yeah. they're going to have their hands full, certainly. Yeah, you can't hit snooze on him. He's He can break one. Um, are they out? You get the gut feeling they're out of they're out of contention now. Yeah, I mean, you look at the schedule and with the injuries they've got, I, there's like maybe two wins left. Yeah, in Cincinnati, who's given up? Yeah, and and the Jets, if Rodgers doesn't come back, and that game may be a six to three type of game. Yes, Are, I'm shocked that Aaron Rodgers is on his feet in practice. I mean, the guy ruptured an Achilles. That's unbelievable, man. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he's if he's been talking to Tom Brady's wife or ex-wife Giselle and her her voodoo witchcraft that she's got going on to heal his Achilles or what? Something, something. Hey, um, great analysis, Jeff. Thank you. Uh, that's Jeff Murtal, by the way. He he produces, keeps me online and on time, and uh, it's great to talk some football. Hey, uh, next we're going to talk about this fourth Republican primary debate scheduled for Wednesday. And uh, run some scenarios by, of course, the lines are open. Call in uh, back on the other side of this break, 98.9 FM, The Answer. Welcome back in. Almost Christmas. 21 more days and lots of engagements will take place right leading up to Christmas, Christmas day between Christmas and new year's. And I tell you that to say this, make sure you check out the legacy on possum run, search them up at the legacy on possum run.com. That's the legacy on possum P O S S U M run.com. When you get there, you will see the, beautifully unique spaces. There are three of them that comprise the venue and pricing is available for you. So you don't have to do any guesswork. You can budget and you're going to find it's extremely affordable for what you get. And the calendar is available. So if you have a special date in mind, you can see if it's available. You may love the venue so much though, that you want to plan your day around what is free there. So you can figure that out. And then The supply closet is something that is a bonus for you once you book 
you get a bunch of free stuff that you can use. You don't have to use it, but you can. Centerpieces and garland and all the stuff that you'd spend hundreds, maybe thousands of dollars on leading up to your wedding. It's there for you free. So make sure that you check out the legacy on Possum Run. You'll see the venue that Ohioans are raving about. And uh, check them out again, thelegacyonpossumrun.com. Your legacy begins here. So a uh, couple of just uh, follow-up things here. Jeff came in and said, hey, um, some numbers on Florida State. Six of 30 on third downs in the last two games. A total of 443 yards in the last two games. Uh, 189 passing yards and 40 points uh, against a, was it a five-loss and a three-loss team or a seven? Yes, a five-loss team and a three-loss team. So that's the argument that, Florida State didn't make the cut. Now the teams that did, reminder, the team up north, uh, Washington, who am I missing? Alabama, and I just blanked. Jeff? Oh, Hook'em Horns, that's right. Uh, Quinn Ewers. And by the way, Quinn Ewers had a good day, but I see something in him. I, I saw a few few replays. He misses some short passes the, the same way that, that Kyle McCord did. I mean, he can make some of the long throws, um, but I don't know if he's just getting too amped up, if he's got too much gusto, but but he misses some short throws. Um, but, you know, I guess maybe we're expecting him to be perfect. I'm just, you know, <laughs> I giggle because he came to Ohio State and uh, utilized the name, image, and, and likeness deal to get a million dollars, and then he blew that popsicle stand. He was gone. Um, this just came across my desk. Doug Burgum suspends 2024 presidential campaign. So before we went to break, I said, we're going to talk about the fourth GOP presidential debate. And Doug Burgum, who was polling at 0.6%, is out. And we'll talk in just a second why that matters. But uh, a reminder, that fourth debate is Wednesday. And... There were only three candidates who are going to be on stage. It will be at 8 p.m. And it will broadcast on News Nation. The CW will also be streamed to Rumble and Sirius XM. Now, it's going to be in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And uh, questions will be asked by moderators Megan Kelly from Sirius XM, Elizabeth Vargas from News Nation, and Eliana Johnson from Washington Free Beacon. Uh, so who will be on stage? Ron DeSantis, fresh off his debate last week with California Governor Gavin Newsom, former UN ambassador and former South Carolina governor Nikki Haley. Now, Haley just received an endorsement last week. I don't know if you caught this from the powerful group Americans for Prosperity, which is – it has a massive grassroots organization nationwide, and so they've committed that grassroots network to serve Nikki Haley in this primary election and up to $70 million to bolster her, her campaign. Now, I talked with one of their grassroots organizers last week right after they endorsed Haley, and he said that they knocked over a million doors. That's a lot. I don't know how they got that done. That's a lot. And 
when they knocked on those doors, they asked questions and then they gathered the answers to those questions. They claim Nikki Haley has a path forward to win the GOP primary. Does she? Give me a call. Let me know what you think. 844-TALK-989. There's a third candidate that will be on stage Wednesday. Ohio's Vivek Ramaswamy. And he is an entrepreneur, businessman, uh, extraordinaire. He's, he's leading the way in what I think is the most important discussion of this election. Not only the discussion, but putting it into action. He's talking about decoupling from China particularly stopping the purchase of our defense supplies and our pharmaceuticals. I mean, this is a country that lied about COVID. This is a country that the DEA now says for over a decade uh, has been establishing upwards of 270 locations throughout the country where they are making potent, illegal marijuana, not making it, producing it, manufacturing it. And uh, some of the inputs that they are then shipping to the southern border border to the Mexican drug cartels and returning it to the United States in the form of fentanyl and poisoning Americans. So why in the world are we relying on China for our pharmaceuticals? Couldn't they spike the supply? You think if push came to shove that they wouldn't? Now, according to Real Clear Politics – The Republican race has wider margins for Trump nationally than polls in Iowa and New Hampshire. That's important. Nationally, Trump clocks at 61.2%, DeSantis at 13.9%, Haley 10.2%, Ramaswamy 4.7%. Now, in Iowa, whose primary is on my birthday, January 15th, Trump leads with 47%, followed by DeSantis at 17.3%. Haley at 14.3. We'll talk about that, New Hampshire, why those numbers matter, and whether there is a path forward for somebody in the Republican primary. And we might even chat a little bit about this. Can Donald Trump win the White House in November 2024? You might be surprised by the answer. So stay tuned to The Bruce Willis Show. More on the other side. 